1: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and this week I am joined by Paula, Sarah, and Sasha. And on Friday's episode, we are going to be discussing Say Anything. I realize I made a mistake on Heathers. And I said our next episode was Reality Bites. That's next week. So apologies. (laughs) I remember I had a cold last week. I still am kind of recovering a little bit from it. So I had cold brain. So forgive me for that mistake, but you're still going to get Reality Bites. It just will be next week. And then the week after that, we're wrapping up Gen X movie month with a look at Clerks. But before we get into Friday's episode, because that's not until Friday, we're going <laughs> to continue with this week's episode of <laughs> Pop Culture and Fandom News. So I'm going to start like we always do by going around and asking my amazing panelists what they are into this week in pop culture and fandom. So Paula, hey, hey, Paula, what hey, are you hey. into?
2: I've been uh, I've been catching up on all the things that i've missed last couple of weeks as i've been vacationing so i just caught up on gotham Nights, which has been actually really pretty good i was hesitant <laughs> to to start watching the show because you know it's another cw show but i am a misha collins fan so i was very interested to see his turn as harvey denton two-face and uh it's uh it's pretty good. it's it's starting to get into I think that uh that little shift from Harvey to two face. so it's, it's become very interesting and or it's been very interesting and I'm actually really liking the um the younger cast that it's not going too far into the you know the typical CW teen tropes, so I'm actually really enjoying it so far. so
1: wow i I, I don't mean to sound so shocked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm shocked to be honest because I I really wasn't looking forward to it, to be honest. I just was curious to see Misha's portrayal of some uh, some other character besides Castiel, and it's it's been pretty good so far. So, if you're on the fence about it, give it a give it a give it a chance. It's only four episodes in so far, so but it's it's been surprisingly good.
1: I just really was not. I was. I'm really shocked. I was like, this the, that'll never be coming up. But I should know because we have a lot of. Panelists that are Misha Collins stands so are fans and stuff, so I shouldn't be shocked, but but I'm just shocked to hear it like recommended because I wasn't sure on this and and everyone Batman is my favorite superhero. I know a lot of people have tons of issues with Batman, which I totally get, totally understand. But I've been hesitant about that show, so maybe 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 I'll give it a chance. So so awesome and Sarah. Are you into some Gotham Knights too? No, haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I I'm kind of on the I don't I do love Misha, but I'm kind of on the fence about
3: it. But maybe I'll check it out. But right now, and this is all Sasha's fault, I'm blaming you, Sasha. <laughs> Why is she looking away from me? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, so I've been binge-watching The Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon, which is uh the animated version of Critical Role's first campaign is that right it's is it the first one okay yeah we did a uh dD one shot with uh V last week and had a blast so now I'm kind of a dungeons and dragons obsessed at the moment and it's all sasha's fault yeah I'm blaming her <laughs> I still love you
4: sasha that's fair you can blame me I'll take you for that <laughs> or I could just blame v yeah blame the husband always when you always blame my husband. <laughs> For
3: anything? <laughs> for it's anything. all V's fault.
4: <laughs> the fact that my dog barks? Husband's fault.
3: <laughs> uh, haven't seen the D&D movie yet, though. But uh, yeah, I got to get that on my list to, to watch at some point here. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm into right now. <laughs> it's all Dungeons and Dragons all the time.
1: It's It's funny how much Dungeons and Dragons comes up on this podcast, which I blame Meg for that, honestly, because... <laughs> Dungeons and Daddies. Yes.
3: <laughs> We're blaming Meg from now on Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, because a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> Susie's like, I have a bone to pick with Meg, and it was because Susie has started what listening to it because I know Paula, you listen to Dungeons and Daddies too. So, Susie's now on that train. Too. We got another one. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you like D&D, Listen to it. It's so good. It is so okay. good. It's funny. It it's heartbreaking. It's fantastic. So All right. I'm on the Meg train out. here with that one for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Sasha, do you have a bone to pick with anyone or are you flying into any new superhero shows?
4: <laughs> I have no bones to pick with anybody right now. But what I am into is we went to go see the new Mario Brothers movie. Because um, our son and his wifey-to-be wanted to go see it. So we met them to go see the Mario Brothers movie. If you ever played a Super Mario Brothers video game at any point in your childhood, you need to see this movie. It has all the nostalgia throwbacks. It's got all of the music. It's 80s music. Uh, Jack Black is Bowser and does a ballad to Peach. And it... Um, no spoilers. It's amazing. So Mario Brothers. I know that's a weird one, but it was actually, and I know Aaron will never see it because it's animated and that's fine.
1: And Chris, horrible, horrible Chris in it. So yeah,
4: that's there's a horrible Chris in it.
1: Chris Pratt.
4: Oh, Chris Pratt. Um, <laughs> you know, the worst Chris. I didn't even know he was in it. I don't know who who anybody is. Like I, it was just like, oh, Mario brothers, let's go see it. Um, So I didn't realize he was in it until somebody said it after the movie was over. And I went, what, who was he? (laughs) Like, are we paying attention? I'm like, nope, clearly not. So anyways, Mario brothers for the nostalgia for staying on the Gen X train of like Nintendo. But if you go see it, go see it at Alamo draft house because I love Alamo for movies. You go in yeah. a half an hour early and they do like movie specific themed things. So they'll show old videos, old commercials, really random, you know, like imported videos, specifically like crazy Japanese cuts or There was superhero one I went to go see and they had like superheroes dancing, but it was more like, um, what is the Spanish? Carla would know. Carla would kill me for not knowing. What is the big Spanish show that's always on? Susie would know. (laughs) I don't know. I know none of ours. The Sabado (laughs) Sabado Gigante? Sabado. Oh, I'm sorry for my Spanish speaking friends. Whatever the one is that's, it's always crazy off the top you know, massive things, but they had like superheroes that were singing in Spanish and dancing. And, um, so always go to Alamo if you can go see a movie because they are pieces. So Mario brothers nostalgia.
1: Yeah. I agree so much with, with the Alamo thing. And I, you know, I haven't been to Alamo in a long time. I should go, I should go when I go see Renfield, uh, because it, it is, it is so much nicer going there for many, many reasons. And another big reason is they are so strict about not using your phone, not talking. So you have a better experience. So you're not going to have that experience of worrying about who you're going to be sitting next to in the noise. And I know, you know, about a month or so ago, when we talked about in one of our pop culture episodes about AMC and them raising, they're doing the pricing thing for seats and how ridiculous that is and gross that is. And we also men- mentioned Alamo there because you know, going to a movie now the the experience has really declined, but the prices have increased. So if you can actually have like the prices might be more, but you have a better experience and you're not worrying about that. And you also have like, like Sasha said, you have pre-entertainment. They also show some great other movies that, that haven't um, played in a long time, or they show, you know, they do like, special showings. They'll do like brunch special showings. They have so many special events that go on as well. So definitely. And I know they used to have a program and I should just sign up for it because I'd go there a lot more than I would go to AMC, but they used to have a program where you could, s- they still have I, it.
4: Yeah, it's the Alamo season pass. It's $20 a month. You can go see a movie every day. If you book the movie online through the app, it's a $2 service fee. If you go to the theater and do it, there's no fee. So it's a movie a day that you can go see oh, it's but... $20 a month for the season pass. But if you book it online, there's a $2 service fee for booking online. Okay. Um, and no. when they do their movie parties that you were talking about, I did a princess bride one and the movie party is a little bit more expensive. You can't use the season pass for it, but they give you props. So they gave us like little bells to ring for the wedding scene. We got blow up inflatable swords oh. for the sword fight scene. And then there was something else. And so they do when they, when you see movie watch party, you get props for the movie as part of your ah, ticket price.
2: That's amazing. That amazing.
4: I think they've got a clueless one coming up soon.
2: Oh, oh, that would be amazing to do. wonder what props they'd have
3: for that one.
4: Uh, you get a nineties fake flip phone and something else.
3: <laughs> that's perfect. Like the big giant Motorola one with the antenna that's like this long.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So and we're we're not sponsored by them, I want to (laughs) say. This isn't a sponsored segment. It's just they really are a lot better. And I don't know why I don't go more. And when I do go say see Renfield, I'm gonna make make a push for to go see it there because that'll probably be fun there anyway. And and most of them you can get food delivered to your seat and like meals and stuff and you know, special drinks. So yeah, definitely go go support them. They, they are a lot of fun, so. Okay, well, what I am into is there is a new um, documentary on Hulu. It's a two-parter about Brooke Shields, and it's called Pretty Baby Brooke Shields, and Brooke Shields is in it. And, you know, trigger warnings for this documentary. This documentary talks a lot about exploitation of children in film because she was exploited She was exploited. I don't even think she realizes how much she was exploited, honestly. And the fact that, you know, she had like scenes when she wasn't an adult where there was nudity involved and stuff is so mind boggling to me right now. And, you know, she has a whole scene uh, with her daughters. And they're talking about how, you know, her daughter's like, I'm never going to watch Blue Lagoon. I'm never going to watch Pretty Baby because of, you know, I don't want to see my mom in these scenes. And plus it's gross and it's exploiting children. And it's interesting watching Brooke Shields in this scene. I don't want to give too much away because I think she still is in this mindset of what was just a movie. And I don't think she's fully... And I, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I don't think she's fully recognized how much she was taken advantage of in a lot of respects. And and she talks a lot about her relationship with her mom, which was a very codependent relationship. And her mom was an alcoholic. Um, and she talks about some, uh, you know, her relationship with um, and- Andre Agassi, which was not a very healthy relationship. Holy moly. Uh, she talks about when she was on friends and after she guest starred and she has the scene in friends where she, you know, she puts Joey's finger in her mouth and does this whole thing with his finger. And he knew about this, that that was in there and all this stuff. And I guess he was so furious. He went home and literally destroyed all of his awards that he won from tennis, just destroyed him. Cause he was so upset with her for this. Uh, so it's like she found this relationship that was very controlling and it was the only way she could get out of another controlling relationship with her mom was with him. And, you know, she also talks very, very uh, candidly about a um, about a sexual assault. She experienced So trigger warning on that. So there are triggers for this. It's also a lot about how women are viewed in media and how women are used and how a lot of um, the sexualization of children and also making, you know, little girls seem more sexy in her time period came about as kind of a reaction to feminism. So because women were more like you had Marilyn Monroe's bodies and the more voluptuous bodies. And then when feminism, you know, that you had the, that wave of feminism during that part, the late 60s and 70s. And so then this was a reaction to that. And it, it's really interesting. It's a really, really good documentary. I, I highly recommend it. And, you know, she's really funny. She's a really, really funny actress. And I think she just, she wants to be an actress and she wanted to be taken seriously. And it was hard with the way she grew up and how she was exploited and stuff. So, but that once again, that's on Hulu and I do highly, highly, highly recommend that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: What's one thing in pop culture or fandom that you are excited about? Like maybe you're like wanting to go and take a spin in the Batmobile. I'm trying to go back to the. <laughs> <laughs> or it's making you so upset that. I don't know. You're going to be two faced about it. Ooh. Oh, that's a
2: good one. Thank you, Sasha. That's your- yes. This past weekend, uh, the Star Wars celebration in Europe has been happening. And there's all kinds of exciting stuff coming out of there. I I, I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> uh, we finally got a um, a uh, trailer for the Ahsoka series. So we got a glimpse of Thrawn. That's exciting. And uh, Lars Mikkelsen's going to be playing Thrawn. He voiced Thrawn in uh, the Rebels series. And that's super exciting. We're getting more movies that are... Set in different time periods in the Star Wars timeline, which is very exciting for me because, like, I was one of the big fans of playing Star Wars: The Old Republic, so they're kind of going back to that time period. Um, Taika is developing a movie. I'm just all kinds of all kinds of great stuff. So I am been geeking out all weekend about Star Wars. So,
1: yeah. Awesome. I was wondering if someone was going to bring that up. <laughs> Honestly, because I've seen it a lot on my on my Twitter timeline and stuff. But yeah, so I was wondering. Cool. Oh, amazing. and also
2: one more thing: 40th yeah. anniversary of *Return of the Jedi*. They're bringing it back to the theaters. I'm stoked about that.
1: <laughs> uh, you, I remember. Uh, did you go? This was back in the 90s. Remember when they re-released them all in the theaters? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Um, before they started releasing yeah. the, the prequel series. Oh yeah, uh, we went because I was I was like two when the first movie came out. That's like my first movie memory is the original episode four. And that was the only one that I actually saw in theaters until the 90s when they re-released them. So yeah, we made a point to go see those and it was amazing. So, you know, they've been doing it again and can't wait to see it again in the theater with all the fans. Cause that'll be a good time.
1: Do you know if they're, are they just going to release that one or are they thinking of doing the other ones? Do you know? They're just releasing that one because it's the 40th. They, they did the same thing
2: with, um, Oh, okay with New Hope and, and, uh, Empire Strikes Back when they hit their 30 and 40 anniversary. So
1: awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That was a lot of fun back then in the the nineties to go and see that. And, you know, uh, just watching everybody come and um, cosplay and, you know, all the lightsabers and everything like that. So, yeah. And I, you know, when I was a kid, my first costume for years was Princess Leia. So that was, I mean, plus it was so easy to do. So it was like the dream for my mom, right? (laughs) Just the buns and the white. So it was really easy, but yeah. So Sarah, what has you? I I'm trying to think of something that goes with Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know Dungeons and Dragons, so (laughs) so what has you wanting to? Is it a campaign? Wanting to start a campaign.
3: Yeah, we're starting. We're starting a brand new campaign with uh, Sasha's husband as the dungeon master. So I guess he's picked a good adventure for us, from what I understand. But um, but besides being excited about that, I actually was going to talk about Star Wars, and uh, then uh, Ghost dropped a new song this morning, <laughs> so that took precedence over everything else. <laughs> I woke up to oh, new music from Ghost. Um, so they, uh, dropped a cover of, uh, Jesus, He Knows Me by Genesis. And it is freaking amazing. If Ghost is going to cover any song, it's going to be this by Genesis. It's going to be this one. And the video that goes along with it is just perfection, in my opinion. Uh, Tobias is a freaking genius. So they're going to be releasing an EP next month on the 19th. Um, and it's just going to be five cover songs. They do this quite a bit, actually. And it's called Phantom because they love to do plays on words like that. So I am super, super excited about that. And also Wars. <laughs> yeah, the, the Ahsoka trailer like, gave me chills. I was like, oh, my God.
1: Awesome. I, I love that. Uh, it seems like since we started this, we've had a lot more talk about music. So. Yeah,
3: music is like has always been like my first, I guess, fandom. My Me first too. love. You know, I I I love talking about music and could probably do that all day,
1: but I won't. <laughs> I could too. So go back and listen to some of our recent music episodes including our favorite concert one. So go back and listen to that. That was that was so much fun. So Sasha what has you as stoked as going to the Alamo Draft House and receiving a flip phone from <laughs> that represents clueless or has you as angry as when the dogs just won't stop barking
4: God that dog man I am excited about Renfield mostly because I want to see Nicholas Cage <laughs> as Dracula <laughs> Because I'm just, the previews are killing me. I'm just, I'm excited about Renfield. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping that um, it it walks that line of cheese just enough that it keeps it good. Um, and it doesn't fall over the other side of cheese. So Renfield is what I'm looking forward to.
1: Awesome. And that on that, I will give a quick promo for our Patreon. Because we are going to do an episode on Renfield. Uh, That's going to be Susie and my podcast, Brain Twin Jen. Because Jen is the biggest Nicolas Cage fan I know. She loves Nicolas Cage so much. She plays Six Degrees of Nicolas Cage on her podcast. So (laughs) (laughs) if you haven't listened to my streaming bubble, go listen to it. Uh, I've been on there a couple times talking about But last time I was on there, was wasn't too long ago, talking about American Psycho. So, you know, and um, it was a really interesting conversation because I learned and she didn't want to tell me this until we were recording that she's actually not. She's very so-so on that movie, which everybody knows how much I love that movie. (laughs) But that was a lot of fun. So um, go follow along. Uh, Go follow her podcast. I'm sure she will probably talk about this movie at some point because, like I said, I don't know a bigger fan of Nicolas Cage. And I'm very excited for it too. I think it looks absolutely hysterical. Um, I think Nicholas Holt is a it was a fantastic actor that's actually very underrated. And I don't know why he never became like a humongous success. It's still weird to me because he's very charming. He is very good actor. He um, knows how to do comedy very well too. So because uh, uh, I thought he was fantastic and in Warm Bodies, you know, he's very funny in that one too. So. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. So if you want to hear our special Patreon bonus episode talking about that, that'll be in May sometime. Uh, please go and join our Patreon for as little as three bucks a month. The link is in our show notes. I am very excited, which I never thought these words would ever leave my mouth, but I am very excited for the Barbie movie. Did I ever think I'd be excited for a Barbie movie? no. But I have watched that trailer, the second trailer that they released so many times. I think it looks, this movie looks hysterical to me. I love that the trailer gives like nothing away. There are people doing deep analysis of this trailer and what is really going to, what the story is really going to be about. And I also, what I really appreciate about it too is Ryan Gosling's Ken, because there's several Kens in the movie. Ryan Gosling's Ken is presented as kind of from the trailer, he looks like he's kind of a jackass. <laughs> and I kind I of get a kick out of that. Uh, and I love there's a little, like, a little thing that I saw on TikTok. And I think it's been on Instagram. And it's just a little video. And it says, you know, she's Barbie, she's everything or something along those lines. And then it's like, he's just Ken. This is just Ken. <laughs> That's all is. Uh, and I think Greta Gerwig is a very, very good director and writer. So I'm very, very excited about it. I think the scene when um Ken says, I think I should spend the night, stay over tonight. <laughs> Barbie's like, Why? Uh, because we're boyfriend, girlfriend, she's like to do what? And he's like, I don't know exactly. <laughs> I think that's so amazing. And the beach off when there's I could beat you off, right? <laughs> but I just it just looks really good for I really did not think I would ever be excited about a Barbie movie, but I think it looks fantastic. And I love Margot Robbie. So, and all of the cast, you know, Issa Rae and a bunch of other people that I just really adore. And I know I'm one of the few people of like our regular panelists. I don't know about Paula, Sarah, and Sasha that adores Ryan Gosling. So, I'm excited about that too. So, everybody's kind of like, I love him. So, (laughs) I think he's great. Uh, and I love that you can do, like, your little selfies and do your own little Barbie things. I I jumped on that train, did three for me and one for Fergie, so.
3: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered com. It's
1: my little escape.
3: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba
0: life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100
3: casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
0: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Okay, so for our third topic here, this just popped up. Speaking of uh, Super Mario Brothers, and this is about film critique in general, But uh, discussing film, and other people posted this too, but this was the one that jumped out. Uh, Discussing film on uh, Twitter posted uh, that the Super Mario Brothers, this was back on April 4th, uh, that it debuts with a 46% on Rotten Tomatoes from 52 reviews. And people came out of the woodworks and attacked this, attacked you know, critics and said, who cares? And this is stupid. And of course they're going to attack this movie and um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so to me, it just brought up a point of film criticism and the importance of it or the not importance of it. And does it ever sway you Paula, do you ever read reviews or listen to reviews and does it help you decide whether or not you're going to see a movie or will it also prevent you from seeing a movie ever? I do
2: look at reviews, but not that much to be honest, because I think they definitely have a place. But a lot of times, I'm finding that, especially like if you're on social media and you just see like a, an article, a lot of times it's more of a clickbait type thing where they're. <laughs> They're supposedly reviewing something, but you can tell either they've never watched it, they know nothing about the property, or they just maybe watched the trailer and they're throwing something out there just for looks and clicks. I also remember, like, when I was younger, I mean, we watched Siskel and Ebert like all the time. And that's like, that's what, you know, film criticism should be like, where they're giving a fair and unbiased you know, the pros and cons, you know, they're not just looking at necessarily subject matter, but, you know, also, you know, how the characters are portrayed and what the themes of the movie are, and, you know, they get a lot more in depth. So they really sway me, not so much, because it's it's turned into such a, you know, clickbaity type of thing recently, um, because of social media. And I think one of the other problems, too, is, you know, now that you have, like, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and things like that, where you can see like the critics and the fans I'm seeing a lot of times again with the fans, they're trashing something without ever having seen it just because Mm -hmm. they don't like it. They didn't want it. You know, they have an issue of, you know, some, you know, whatever thing. For instance, I'll go back to like star Wars, the Han Solo movie. When that came out, the fandom was so angry and and I'm and I'm talking more about the the toxic part of the fandom. They were so angry about the direction that the sequel movies went that they're like, We're not gonna go see this movie because it's gonna be terrible. I went and saw the movie. It was exactly what I was expecting. It was enjoyable. Was it the greatest movie? No, but it was fun. But it got so panned that it kind of almost railroaded the and put a stop to a lot of the movies that were Going to come out because of that, and they took a step back, and I think that was really harmful, and and can be very harmful. So it's it's it it does have a place, but you also have to kind of be careful with the sources that you go to, and 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 um, like I said, with the the fandom getting into it too, you know, the various fandoms. They'll they'll bomb something just because they don't like an actor, they don't like the director, they don't like you know what it, you know for whatever reason. But they'll do it without giving the property a chance, and they'll just say this sucks for no other reason that they just they don't like some arbitrary element of it, and that I think is not great either.
1: Yeah, I really really agree with that, especially with the the fans do the supposed fans doing that. And they've done that with television shows, especially if there's any kind of representation in it that isn't cis white, hetero male are you know, they'll go after that. Yeah. So, so Sarah, does film criticism ever sway you? It really doesn't.
3: I mean, I've never, I, I, I can remember when I was younger, you know, watching at the movies and, uh, Reading film reviews in the paper and stuff like that. By you know, growing up in New Jersey, we got the New York Times, and the New York Times was always very pretentious in their reviews. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably putting it very nicely, and actually, anything the New York Times reviews is very pretentious. But and it's you know, it's not something I've ever really paid attention to. I've always kind of gone more, and, and even more so now, word of mouth from friends. Or people I know that have actually seen the movie, you know, there have been many movies that I've gotten have gotten fantastic reviews that I've gone and absolutely hated it. Titanic being one of them. I can't stand that movie. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. <laughs> My husband dragged me to see it, and I'm like, please don't. You know, and and everyone loved that movie, and I'm like, why? I don't understand. And there's been movies I've absolutely loved that have been panned by critics and I think that's a lot of people. And like Paula was saying, now with social media, you know, these these different review sites. I mean, I know a lot of people go by Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and, you know, some that are slightly more reputable, but just these random websites out there that are are writing. They they just want the clicks. They want people to come and, and read their article. So yeah, they are a lot. A lot of them are very clickbaity, but I mean, like you were saying about the Mario movie, everyone I—I'll probably wait to until it's streaming to watch it. But everyone I've talked to has said it's, it's fantastic. But especially with the nostalgia factor, and I actually had a friend of mine in Texas took her kids. Uh, I guess two nights ago, and she ended up winning a Nintendo Switch <laughs> at, at the theater. I'm like, well, that's really cool when she took her kids to see it. So of course, they're thrilled that they got a Nintendo Switch for free. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, people are just panning it. Um, The only one criticism I've seen about it uh, was from uh, John Leguizamo. He had mentioned about the casting of Mario, you know, especially Mario. And, you know, all issues with uh, Chris Pratt aside, he said, you know, why, why... Why did you not cast a Latino actor in these roles? You know why are why are we whitewashing it, Uh, so to speak? So you know his his and he was in the first one. I think he was Luigi in the first one, wasn't he?
1: Mm -hmm.
3: That's really the only criticism of it that I've somewhat agreed with is some of the casting for the voices. Although I think Jack Black as Bowser is probably a great idea. But I mean, overall, no, I really you know if if i watch the trailer and it looks good to me i'll go see it if i watch the trailer and i'm kind of eh, you know so so about it yeah maybe i'll watch it when it's streaming and if i just don't like it i probably won't watch it but i i i don't want to say i value my own opinion more than the opinion of of critics cuz that doesn't really sound right um but if if it's something that interests me and i think i'll be entertained yeah i'll watch it if i don't think i'll be entertained i won't so, you know, I really don't care what the critics say, ultimately.
1: <laughs> no, that, that makes sense, though, with the valuing your own opinion, because I think it's also valuing what you what you want to see and what right. you like to see. and Because you know your taste yeah. better than a critic's going to know your taste. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So,
3: And I think yeah. most people, I, well, I think most people are like that.
1: Yeah. I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, for the most part. Yeah. And Sasha, does it ever for you?
4: Nope. I tend to ignore any critic stuff, any rotten tomatoes, IMDb scores. I don't, I don't put any stock in any of that. What I put stock in is word of mouth. If a friend was like, Oh my God, this was so good. You have to see because of XYZ. Then the odds are I'm going to go see it. Or if a friend goes, Oh, it was real bad. I know you thought it was going to be good, but it's not what you think it is, then I'm less likely to go spend money in the theater. If it's something I'm interested in, then, you know, I'll, I'll still see it eventually, but it's if I'm willing to spend the money or not is what it'll come down to on that. But critics won't sway me mostly because I, they're in it for themselves, right? Like everybody else has said, they've got their clickbait. They want you to see their things. And I don't, no, you. I'm not gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust my friend's opinions because, especially if we've got similar tastes in things, um, I won't watch anything Aaron recommends to yeah. me because I end up hating it and breaking her heart. So we've determined that. Yeah,
1: won't recommend that. stuff to you ever.
4: <laughs> yeah, Aaron will not recommend anything to me unless it is, you know, nothing really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Aaron. I don't think Aaron can recommend anything anymore because I think I've, like, not. <laughs> gone for anything. It's been bad. It's true. <laughs> Why am I still allowed on this podcast?
1: <laughs> and and Sasha can recommend stuff to me because Sasha recommended the menu, actually, before I saw it, and I loved the menu. So... <laughs> <laughs> we actually did a Patreon episode on the menu featuring Tanya and their Marxist corner. So, so I'm, I'm very... It's not that critics can sway me, but I do like reading really well written film criticism. Um, And, you know, once again, echoing with Ebert, Siskel and Ebert were like, that was like appointment viewing for me when I was a kid. It really was. I loved watching them. And I continued to watch after Siskel passed away. I still think Roger Ebert is one of the best film critics that has ever been around. And he actually would give chances to films that other critics would pan. You know he's he's t- he's sadly no longer with us, but he is touted as one of the best film critics ever. People adore him. Uh, I, I one thing that always bothered me about him, though, and Cisco, um, so cool, and this is true for most film critics, is when it came to horror, they weren't always very generous with that, with the exception of some things like Halloween. Um, but they aren't very you know, they're very, 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 very critical of those. They, you know, f- there's, you can go watch, I don't remember what movie it was, some slasher. I don't know if it was one of the Friday the 13th ones because they hated those movies. Uh, but it was one of those and they just go off on those movies and how cruel and horrible they are. So I think with horror, especially, it's hard sometimes for some critics. I think it's gotten a little bit better to, give a chance to horror people, you know, a lot of critics will just push it aside and say it's awful uh, without really looking deeper into what some horror movies are trying to say. So that's always been my biggest issue. And also I think some film critics are very snobby and very elitist. They remind me of all the films, a lot of the film school students I went to school with where, you know, it's not okay to like, popcorn movies and stuff like that you know so i i wouldn't say they they dissuade me from seeing a movie but but they can actually if there's a movie that like for instance years ago um hot tub time machine since we're covering a john cusack movie this week i remember looking at this and going why is john cusack in this movie this is going to be the stupidest movie in the world why are they making this movie and then all these reviews came out there were some reviews praising this movie. I heard from other people how funny it was. And I went to go see it and loved it. And I would have never thought a movie about you go in a hot tub and you go into a time machine in a hot tub. Who would think, oh, that's going to be a great movie. But because of critics and because of, you know, word of mouth, I went and saw it. So I think that's when it can help is if there's smaller movies that can help push them. And speaking of Say Anything that we're covering on Friday, Friday's episode, um, and speaking of Ebert uh, Siskel and Ebert uh, Cameron Crowe credits the enthusiastic review by Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel as at least partially saving the movie at the box office. And Ebert later put the movie in his great movies book. Uh, So that's when they could actually come into play and help movies, you know, and word of mouth can. And I think that happens with a lot of little movies. I think that's kind of what happened with, that's what can happen a lot more with, I think, horror more than anything. Um, I think that's why you saw stuff like Barbarian and Smile and Terrifier 2, especially Terrifier 2, why you saw those succeed so much at the box office was because of word of mouth. Or when you have a movie and you say, this is so shocking, you're never going to believe what you're going to see. Uh, that can also intrigue people too. And I think sometimes even bad reviews... If they say this is the worst movie ever made or it's so disgusting because it did this, I think sometimes it can have the opposite effect where it actually makes people go want to see it and see if it's really that bad. But, you know, what, what Paula was mentioning is, is you know, also really, really troubling the fact that so many fans can go on IMDb and bomb a movie, a show, an episode because they're pissed about something Is without seeing it is a flaw. Uh, Same with Rotten Tomatoes. And that's why some people look to Metacritic and Letterboxd in a way too, as the more quote unquote prestigious or the more reliable place to look at actual real reviews, especially Metacritic, I think more than anything. And that's why sometimes you'll see like Rotten Tomatoes will have a really high rating and then you go to Metacritic and it's like say Rotten Tomatoes has it at like 80% and you go to Metacritic and it's like 50%. And that's because Rotten Tomatoes, they're they're a little bit different. <laughs> uh, and I think another big thing, and we'll talk about this some point um, in time, we might do an episode on this, the importance of representation in within film criticism as well. That's another area where the white male voices and white female voices will be heard over anybody else. And it happens a lot when you have like films that will come out where if it's a predominantly, say, black cast and a lot of black critics will come out and say, I didn't even get invited to any of the screenings. And I want to hear more of the critiques from um, the black critics more than just the white critics. And so that's another area that is, you know, sadly, I think very troubling. Like every area, it's another area that needs more representation, Uh, definitely. So, um, yeah, because you want to put those reviews, I think, should have more. If it's, you know, from who the film is talking about, you should definitely, you know, prioritize those reviews. And the fact that a lot of Black critics get shut out of things is very troubling. Too. So. Um, so. Yeah. And. That, and. I follow quite a few critics on Twitter via our um, account, and. Uh, you know. And some of them are really, really great and interesting, and will give other things a chance. And it's always interesting too when you see like there's a majority of critics that like love a movie, and then you'll see these other critics on the fringe like, I don't know why everybody's jumping on the bandwagon for this. This movie's awful. Uh, that kind of thing. So. Yeah. But we'll definitely have to talk about this more in depth at a later time but for now we're going to go ahead and close out and have everybody say where they can be found so paula uh, you can find me on
2: instagram and twitter at it's my sandbox and on twitch at artemis 75 it's a-r-t-e-m-i-s-z 75 and someday soon i'll finally start doing something on there once i figure out how to use it <laughs>
1: That's that's another platform that's on my list of places to figure out because you told me that podcasters do stuff on there. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's on my list. <laughs>
2: I'll 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 uh I'll figure things out and I'll let you know how it goes.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Paula. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be your
2: guinea pig. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. Thanks.
3: <laughs> and Sarah, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at. At Makecammom. That's N A T E C A M M O M, or on Facebook at uh, Sarah
4: Barnick. B A R N A I K.
1: Thank you, and Sasha.
4: Yep, I'm on the Instagram, and you can find me at Vegan Geek Chick, and that will link you to the loud, obnoxious dog. Uh, his uh, and Dewey's Instagram is on there as well. But he's adorable. And he was a hero. Oh,
1: what? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, tell the hero story. Oh, no, uh, wow, I didn't do this.
4: Yes, uh, Undoey saved a two-year-old. Wow. I was home. Undoey started barking, losing his mind like he does. Continued to lose his mind. I was like, oh, this isn't just somebody walking by. I thought it was the feral cat that sometimes will walk up on the porch and really get Undoey going. So I walked upstairs and looked out the front door and there's a little girl in my front yard. Oh my no God. adult shaped humans around. So called 911 and they came. Dad casually came strolling down the street like 10 minutes later, not screaming her name or anything. It's like, oh, she got out of the back oh gate. It's not the first time.
1: My oh my gosh. That's terrifying. You've got to
4: be kidding me. Fix your That's gate. Terrifying. Normally when she gets out of the backyard, she just goes to the neighbor's yard and sits in the tree. Normally?
1: Like, like, this like is, a
4: this oh, this is an ongoing problem,
2: and we haven't fixed it?
4: <laughs> I'm just oh glad that God. we were home and that I had the main door, like, open, so I leave it so that Undoey can see out the screen and, like, lay in the sun because he's a sun worshiper. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So he alerted me that there was something weird in the front yard, but I've never had to call 911 for a rogue toddler in the front yard, and I'm, like, <gasps> on the oh phone with them going... There is a unattended tiny human in my yard, and there are no adult uh, parental-shaped humans with her. Send help. Wow. Do you know the child? Have you seen the child before? Would I be calling you if I knew the child? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know the child, but yeah, so he's a hero dog. Aww. Yeah. Oh
2: man, Dewey. Go All and Dewey. And
4: belly rubs. Yes. Yeah, he he got a whole hot dog and some cheese, and uh, it's adding to his weight problem. <laughs> we don't want to continue to call him a hero because it's going to go to his head. He's already <laughs> kind of a jerk. Uh, and the best part is he really hates kids. So <laughs> he saved one
1: and seemed more concerned than the parents. Sorry, <laughs>
4: but he was way more gosh. concerned. Oh, yeah. seriously, so,
1: that's so disturbing to me.
4: Yeah, if you want to see the shenanigans of my dog, you can access his Instagram. Maybe he yes. can save you next.
1: <laughs> and and send him compliments, but not too many. <laughs>
4: not too many. It'll go to his head, y'all. Like, we can't. He's a 30-pound meatball. We gotta, like, dial it back.
1: <laughs> well, remember, you know, speaking of dogs, and... Um, she hasn't been a hero yet, but she we are trying to work on her starring in the follow-up to cocaine bear called Cocaine Fergie. So, you know, if you want that to happen, and remember it's not real cocaine. I just recently did another cocaine, quote unquote, Fergie TikTok. But go follow Fergie on TikTok at Schroeder and Ferg's. That's S-C H R O E D E R A N D. F-E-R-G-S. I know it's long, but it's worth it. She's adorable. She's funny. She's a weirdo. And I mean that in a <laughs> the best way possible. But she is. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes. If you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, or if you would like to be a potential Part of our May 20th marathon streaming event. Please go to our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. You can click the contact us button there. We also have a page dedicated to the May 20th marathon streaming event. You, the YouTube link is there, so you can bookmark that. Uh, you can also follow us on YouTube. That would be awesome as well. Um, if you would like to also potentially support the show, uh, reminder we do have a, a Redbubble store with lots of cool merch. Or you can buy us a coffee. Or like I said, you can become a Patreon supporter for as little as three bucks a month. We also, of course, did a Cocaine Bear episode featuring Paula. And that was that was so much fun. That was one of the funnest episodes we've done. We're going to be having an episode covering the movie Suburbia with Paula and Aaron A. coming up in April here. And I've never seen this movie. I'm pretty sure Paula and Aaron A. have never seen this movie. So this will be an interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> none of us having seen it. So, yep. And on our next episode, we are continuing Gen X Movie Month with a discussion of the comedy, drama, romance, say anything. So, until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate.
0: 18- plus.